If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. This is Cruise Radio. Cruise Radio is sponsored in part by TripInsurance.com, making it easy to buy travel insurance at the best available price. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio, a review of Norwegian Breakaway Today. Also, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News and answering some of your listener questions. So you know what? We're going to jump right to Sherry because we are in Sitka, Alaska today, and we are in Sherry's studio. Hi, Sherry. Hey, Doug. Welcome to Sitka. Yeah, so happy to be here. It's uh, I just saw you, like, what, two weeks ago driving through Jacksonville up to Sitka. You finally made it, so uh, very excited that you're up here. And then we got to meet up with you while we're up here. We'll jump right to Cruise News. So two local men in St. Thomas saved a woman after she rolled off the pier. Right. This happened last Monday in St. Thomas. A guest aboard Carnival Fascination was in a wheelchair being escorted by someone in their family. And without warning, the wheelchair with the woman still in it began to roll and it fell right off the pier into the water. So fortunately, there were two local entertainers who work for the Department of Tourism and they were working on the pier and they saw the incident. They immediately realized what had happened in the first man, whose name is Randolph Donovan. He's a stilt walker. He jumped down and dove into the water. He later said that his goal was to remove the woman from her chair before it sank with her in it. So when his co-worker, Kashif Hamilton, noticed that Donovan was in distress from trying to keep the woman from sinking, he jumped in to assist his friend. So eventually the woman and her two rescuers were ashore and she was seen by Carnival's medical team to check for any injuries, of which there were none. Carnival offered the woman a replacement chair to use for the remainder of the cruise. And later that day, there was a special ceremony aboard the Fascination to honor the two men who spontaneously came to the aid of the woman. It's so wild. And you know what happened is the brother who was pushing the woman, he didn't set the brake on the wheelchair. And so he turned around to take a photo and the wheelchair kept rolling and she rolled off the pier. That's just so crazy. Royal Caribbean is making some major changes to another one of their ships. Right. And this time it's Freedom of the Seas that's next in line for a makeover to the tune of $116 million. So this February, Freedom of the Seas will be out of service while the new restaurants, bars and attractions are added. And in case you're wondering what's happening aboard the Freedom, um, as on previous Royal Caribbean ships during their recent refurbishment, the biggest modification will take place on the pool deck. And aside from more shaded and relaxation areas, Splashaway Bay will be added for kids as well as the infamous Perfect Storm water slides. Also added to the pool deck will be the Lime and Coconut, which is Royal Caribbean's newest poolside bar concept. And this three-level bar offers specialty Caribbean-themed cocktails, live music, plus there's going to be a rooftop deck where you can look down below and check out what's happening. Uh, Several dining options are going to be added, and that will include, uh, of course, Giovanni's Italian Kitchen, and they're also going to put in with the with Giovanni's is a special Sunday supper menu, which should be kind of tasty, I would think, right? 
Um, next, Izumi Hibachi and Sushi, which is a teppanyaki restaurant and sushi bar, will offer a selection of appetizers, main courses, and desserts. Look for another El Loco Fresh being added, and you can, of course, get your Mexican fare like tacos, burritos, and quesadillas. And new for Royal Caribbean, this particular Loco Fresh will also have its own full bar and a selection of different tequilas. Sports fans can head over to watch their favorite sports on a choice of 80 screens at Playmakers Sports Bar and Arcade, which will serve what you can expect for bar food and a selection of beer. So on March 8th, the ship will head to its new home port in San Juan for round-trip sailings to the Southern Caribbean that include the ABCs, which is Aruba, Bonaire, and Curacao, plus St. Lucia and Barbados. Do you remember back in, I don't know if it was 2010 or 2011, it was you, Chris Owen, and myself taped the show on Freedom of the Seas in Port Canaveral. That was actually 2010. It's probably coming up to close to a decade. Yeah. Well, almost nine years. Um, it was for what they called then um, National Cruise Vacation Week. That's right. Every October. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, time flies here. So Princess Cruises will debut a new show in their theater. First of all, Princess Cruises, as you said, they just announced that Sky Princess, which will debut this December, and then on Enchanted Princess coming up next June, they're going to introduce a new production number called Rock Opera. And you might expect, if you've seen any of those through-the-ages types of gala productions, this one will also take you on a musical journey of rock through the ages. This show, however, they are saying, will feature an eight-piece orchestra instead of your usual canned music, and they'll have extravagant costumes inspired by the Metropolitan Opera Gala Night in New York. So, rock opera will feature songs in English, Spanish, Latin, and for the first time, American Sign Language. Fun! And last but not least here, pier repairs are causing Carnival Sunrise to dock in Brooklyn instead of Manhattan. And you're used to this Brooklyn port, uh, Sherry, because you always cruise into it when you're on the QM2. So how big of a pain in the butt is this? Well, you know, it's it's an inconvenience and a pain in the butt, especially if you were excited about docking in Manhattan. So because of scheduled repair work at Manhattan's Pier 92, Carnival Sunrise will relocate from Manhattan to Brooklyn's Red Hook Cruise Terminal for five upcoming departures in September and October. Sailings affected are departures beginning on September 16th and departing through October 6th. Carnival stated that they expect the repair work to be completed in time when Carnival returns to New York next year. Only Pier 92 is affected by the repairs, which means that Pier 88 and Pier 90 are still operational. Note that cruises that depart from Manhattan's Pier 92 and return by September 16th will still dock in Manhattan for their debarkation. But following that, Carnival Sunrise will then move to Red Hook for the rest of the season until it leaves for Florida for Caribbean cruises during the winter. Listener question comes from Linda Sherry. A group of us are going on a Royal Caribbean cruise, and my husband wants to get the drink package, but I don't drink. To get around it costing us almost $1,000 for the drink package for two people, could I just book in my friend's stateroom and then during the sale and move back to my husband's room? Well, hi, Linda. Um, Well, you know, I've heard this before for different reasons. So I double-checked this morning with Royal Caribbean, and I was told that a solo passenger does not pay double for the alcohol beverage package for their stateroom. In some cruise lines, you do have to pay double, you know, because I guess they're kind of onto this. So in theory, your tactic would really work. Um, I used to call it musical pillows um, when people would move to a different cabin than from what they booked. But be aware, though, that you will have a separate onboard account 
from your husband's because you'll be keyed into the system from your friend's stateroom. Um, and you'll have to get a key room key for your husband's stateroom. And also, any onboard amenities that may have been given to you by your travel agent or Royal Caribbean are going to go to your book stateroom, which is the one with your friend, and not to the one in which you've moved. So, yes, it will work. There may be, you know, a little a uh, couple of hiccups along the way, but yeah, it's a good way to get around having to uh, pay for a package that you're just not going to use. And Sherry, this isn't in the talking points here, but there is a little bit of tropical activity down in the Caribbean right now, which we're like, what, 5,000 miles away from up here in Alaska. But Dorian is out there. A couple of itineraries have been changed, and this is very fluid, so we're not going to run through the itinerary changes because it could change 10 times between now and when this show airs. So what we will say is that just... Be cautious, monitor the weather, and book travel insurance. It's so important this time of year. Just because it looks clear sailing right now doesn't mean that you're not going to have a hiccup. You may have to go back to a port from which you weren't planning to return, and your air is out of one place, and you're stuck. And, yeah, you know, I don't think the cruise lines really cover a whole lot for canceled reservations due to hurricanes. So get your travel insurance. All right, Sherry Laskin with Cruise News. Sherry, before we hop here, thank you so much for taking Ashley and I around and showing us the Fortress of the Bear. If you've never been to Sitka, Alaska before on an itinerary, they have this bear rescue place. It's called Fortress of the Bear, and there's they have nine bears currently, and they're like rehabilitating these bears there, and it's just so cool. So Sherry, once again, thank you so much. It was so awesome. Oh, you're welcome. It was, And I always love going over there, so I'm happy to help and... Uh... Thanks for the contribution to Saving the Bears. Thanks a lot. If you have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device, ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News skill so you can get daily updates anytime straight from Cruise Radio. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. When is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide, like Rome, Vatican City, St. Petersburg, Sydney, and Jamaica, just to name a few. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting CruisingExcursions.com. Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at CruiseRadio.net. Dante just returned from a seven-night Western Caribbean cruise aboard Norwegian Breakaway out of Port Miami, and he joins us on the line. Hey, Dante. Hey, how you doing, Doug? Good, man. The last time we spoke, I remember this because you and the wife were on your baby moon cruise, and that was like, what, last summer? Yes, uh, in July, I believe. And I take it you're a proud father now. 
That is correct. Very nice, man. So, so this cruise was uh, Baby's first cruise, <laughs> from Baby Moon to Baby's first cruise. That is awesome. So before we get to Norwegian Breakaway, we're going to take a step back like we always do. Give me some pre-cruise thoughts here. What made you want to take this seven-night cruise on Norwegian Breakaway? After my daughter was born, which was obviously a, a very joyous occasion, unfortunately, we got hit with some... Um, a bad event as well. Three days after we brought her home, my father suffered a heart attack. Fortunately, he was staying with us at the time and he got really good care. And it was a long recovery. But during the recovery, uh, my wife noticed actually that whenever my dad was feeling well, he wouldn't tell us this, but he would talk directly to his granddaughter, our daughter, and say, hey, do you want to go on a cruise with grandpa? Mm-hmm. Would never tell us anything about it, but he would just speak to our, our daughter about it. And that's when we knew we started seeing that he would say that more and more and he was getting better and better. And basically a month before our cruise, we got the okay from his cardiologist and we we're like, yes, we are going on a cruise as soon as possible. We are Norwegian fans. Uh, so we were just looking for something that would be seven days, um, something on a bigger ship. And it just so happened that the breakaway worked with the dates. So you make your way from North Carolina down to Miami. Did you do any pre-cruise time there? Not much. We spent the night at the hotel airport, um, which I really suggest, especially um, traveling with an infant. Um, Our daughter actually turned uh, 10 months on board. The hotel at the airport actually provided a crib, which was really good for us. And the next morning, we were able to take the uh, NCL transfer directly to the ship from there. So that was very convenient. Because that's right there. And I've never stayed there before, but that's like right there, like in Terminal G or something, right? Yeah, it's literally, if you come in Terminal, uh, yeah, I think it's Terminal D, Mm -hmm. you could like go all the way to the uh, pass international and go up the elevators and you're right there. I've never thought about actually staying there. I, I got stuck in Miami once and I, I, it crossed my mind, but there was a, uh, the airline was paying for the hotel and they put me at a Ramada down the street or something. So you make your way to the cruise port from the airport. How was it embarkation process? We thought that the embarkation uh, process was fairly chaotic. <laughs> when we were going in, um, no, there was not really a lot of people to help us or other people for us to be guided into uh, the security line. Once we got into the security line, it was pretty long and windy and not a lot of instructions during that entire thing. And there were definitely a lot of new cruisers. So it was a little bit stressful. That said, from curb to ship still only took about half an hour. So after the security line, everything just flew by. Okay. And uh, you make your way on board the ship. What's the first thing you did once you got on board with your father and the newborn? Well, I guess really not so newborn, 10 months, but you're a child. Yeah, it was nice. It was, uh, so we've, uh, we've sailed on the escape twice before, and it was kind of like a nice, uh, welcoming sight to be back on the same kind of deck plan. And we basically reacquainted ourselves with uh, the ship plan. And it was, uh, again, a a welcoming sight to see something that we've seen before. 
we went right to Saver to uh, have lunch. Um, and there were definitely a lot of tables there. And we just had lunch as soon as we got on board. What kind of stateroom did you book and what did you think of it? So we, it was called a, a mid balcony, but it ended up being pretty far forward for a balcony. It was on the eighth deck, um, which is where the waterfront is and where a lot of the restaurants and bars are mm-hmm. on the breakaway. We were kind of worried that it might be noisy because it was right above the theater. Um, but it was a nice uh, space, balcony space. Um, unfortunately, of course, since we had a baby, we had a pack and play, and that balcony room got really small really quick. Yeah. <laughs> I know the pack and play kind of took up a lot of space, but with the pack and play aside, what were your thoughts of the this space and the plugs, and was it well-appointed? It was kind of what we were expecting. It was, I guess, less appointed than what we had in... Uh, the escape because I think they had USB mm-hmm. um, chargers by the, by the bed. There are only two plugs, US type plugs, and then one European, and that was basically it. That wasn't a big deal for us since we brought some uh, adapters, but everything looked great. Um, everything was clean. The only problem we had was actually uh, when we first got there, the pack and play was nowhere to be seen, which mm-hmm. was a little bit of a problem. Um, and we were getting worried in case she needed to go down. And we got uh, the water package and they shorted us a few waters and the water was going to be for her formula. So that was a little bit stressful at first. Uh, luckily, they they remedied the problem pretty quickly. Before we go any further, did you get any um, like what perks did you pick with this seven night cruise? So we got the free at sea. So we got all four. Okay. And we didn't end up using the excursion and we, I think maybe used the internet to do boarding passes. That's gotcha. probably it. But we took full advantage of the beverage package as well as the um, dining package. And let's talk about the dining for this seven night cruise on breakaway. And we'll start in, I guess, well, I would normally say the main dining room, but they really have like three main dining rooms on this ship or three restaurants where you could that where other people consider it be the, to be the main dining room is what I'm trying to say. That's, How was that experience? It was great. We have a preference for the um, Manhattan room, especially since they have music there and have shows, but that's only basically op- open for that during dinner time. The experience was fine. I think the first night, everything just seemed a little bit off, I think. And maybe this was a little bit of a prejudgment for us because we had been reading on some of the reviews that the service has been a little wonky mm-hmm. on um, the breakaway. In the end, we didn't find that at all. But um, at first, like uh, it took a little time to get all the um, the food out together at the same time, whether it be appetizers or main courses. And of course, like um, having a child there, everything kind of got accelerated. But Manhattan room was great. Uh, we dined once at Taste and twice at Savor. And basically for us, it was exactly the same thing, just on different um, sides of the ship. The buffet on Norwegian is called what? Garden Cafe? It is Garden Cafe. Okay. And how was that experience? That was good. Um, It gets crowded. We tried to go there on off hours, basically, get away from the crowds. Um, We were pretty successful with that. The food was great. 
my wife's a vegetarian and uh, she found a lot of options there. I'm a meat eater and I love seafood and I found exactly what I needed there. And my dad loves uh, Asian food so that there was stuff for him as well. So it was, it was good up there. One thing I also want to bring up with uh, uh, the food stuff, we unfortunately found out that my daughter was allergic to peanuts two weeks prior to the sailing. So we were kind of scrambling at that point, Mm -hmm. but they were excellent. Um, Usually they want, I think, 30 to 45 days uh, notification for that. So it's in their system. We basically gave them a week and a half as soon as we found out. And every time we sat down at any of the restaurants, the first thing they asked was uh, who has the peanut allergy and what to uh, avoid or what to get. So we were very happy about that. With a peanut allergy, is that, and excuse my ignorance here, but is that something like a gluten-free allergy where they'll give you the menu um, the night before? Or is it just something where once you sit down, they'll ask you and then kind of just you know keep that dish isolated? It's the latter, yeah, okay. uh, basically. But basically, they'll just ask who has the peanut allergy. Again, luckily, she was basically only eating the food we have we had brought she was Mm -hmm. that young and she only ate uh, bread and some like pasta dishes, which everything was fine with that. And uh, you had the dining package. So on a seven night cruise, how many dining uh, nights do they give you with the package? Uh, We had three. Mm -hmm. We lucked out because basically there used to be an upcharge for some of the venues, um, particularly ocean blue. And we were hearing some good stuff about Ocean Blue, so we were we booked it anyway, and we were going to pay the upcharge. But as of July 1st, that upcharge was eliminated. So we ended up doing um, Moderno, which is the Brazilian steakhouse, Ocean Blue, and the first one we did was Cucina. So they knocked off the upcharge for Ocean Blue with the dining package? That's correct. Um, so it... It seems that the only upcharge, as of their terms, uh, as far as I, I understood it, were the uh, the shows, the dinners with the shows. Those had upcharges, but like on the escape, Bayamo should be um, included as well. And I'm not sure what's on the getaway. Yeah, but um, that was all included. Uh, another thing, and I I saw that someone experienced the same thing on the message boards afterwards something wonky might be going on with that as well, because we ordered some upcharge wine Mm -hmm. uh, that was over the limit for our premium, uh, uh, our premium beverage package. And my dad got a whole lobster and I got the surf and turf and the surf and turf was like the most expensive thing on the menu at 50 bucks. Everything was free. Wow. Yeah. So we were expecting something and, I'm assuming that they're just getting the kinks out of the system Mm -hmm. or like at first I was like, Oh, they like us a lot. But um, I saw on the message boards that someone that happened to someone exactly the same way. Wow. Okay. Let's talk about Moderno then, which is the Brazilian steakhouse on board. So how was it? Excellent. I'll have to say that basically the meat portion is probably going to be similar to your experiences um, in the other places. Mm -hmm. The meat quality was very good. Very good. The standout, though, in my opinion, for Moderno is actually the salad bar. That salad bar is incredible. And it um, 
it's actually my wife again my wife is is a vegetarian mm-hmm. and she loves moderno and it's a steakhouse particularly because of that salad bar it has great stuff in it it's funny we just actually uh, a couple of weeks ago answered a listener question asking if it would if it would be stupid to take a vegetarian to moderno and the answer was no because of the salad bar and it sounds like you just confirmed that answer as well yeah and again as a meteor too they had Serrano ham, which was incredible, and sushi there. So even for meat eaters, that salad bar is great. And how was Cucina? Cucina was fine. This is, I think we've done Cucina on every sailing that we've uh, had on Norwegian. It was what we expected it to be. Um, the one thing we have to say, it was actually not crowded when we went. I think we did it on day four, night four. And I have to say the... The service was excellent. Actually, in in all the specialty dinings, um, the service was incredible. That was one standout thing that we we really appreciated. Anything that we needed, anything that they thought we needed, they they were right on, on the ball with it. With the beverage and dining package on Norwegian, do they make you prepay the gratuities up front? Yes. Okay. That was actually in the bill, like... That was something that I I was like, oh, what is this? Oh, okay. This is ah. basically for all the free at sea. Gotcha. All right. And did you have a chance to stop by any of the other places to, I mean, it might sound stupid, but like, is there, wait, is there a Starbucks on this ship? There is not on this ship, okay. um, but there is a, um, their cafe. We did go to a few times. I believe uh, they're still doing Lavaza and, and that, and, and the, um, the lattes are great. Um, we had onboard credit, so we're like, you know, we're not going to take the regular coffee. We're not fans of their regular coffee. So we just went to the cafe, like, basically every day. So if you have the beverage package, that does not include the specialty coffees? Is that correct? It does not. Okay. Um, but I think I read, actually, from I think from you about the Premium Plus. Mm-hmm. That was not available because I was looking to see if we could purchase it just to see how much extra it would be while we were still on land, but it was not available. And then when we got on board, the first freestyle daily had all these perks that, um, yeah, I guess you don't see until you're on, on the boat. Um, so the premium plus was on that. There was like a, uh, internet special as well, which I didn't really get the details up, but, um, they had a, a few of those, I guess, just as you enter the ship as a, as something to line up for to get some some uh, deals, I guess. Yeah. How was the entertainment on this seven-night sailing? I have to say that we, unfortunately, because we sailed with a 10-month-old, um, we didn't get to go a lot to a lot of the shows. I'll tell you one thing. Even doing bingo with a 10-month-old <laughs> is incredibly difficult. So um, we did not see much except for um, – the performers around the ship mm-hmm. and they were excellent. There was a pianist named James who um, did a lot of like soul stuff. And there was a guitarist named Leo who did the rounds in a duo called the Rockaway duo. The cool part of that was that they interacted with the audience a lot. For instance, Leo would get requests and when he would get the requests, he would, ask the 
the person to come up and actually sing with them, which was kind of cool. And there were a couple of um, amazing sessions with James where uh, just someone in the audience just came up and sang with them. And then uh, actually at Sid Norman's, um, the crew over there actually stopped by uh, James Tano and and did a song each too, which was kind of cool. That's it too. This, um, it seems like, breakaway for the entertainment is now kind of like a rock and roll cruise Mm -hmm. because um sid norman's poor house took over fat cats which was the jazz club yeah and the sid norman's poor house is really styling itself as a kind of like a sunset strip type venue and they do a lot of like 80s rock and that kind of filters through especially since they do um the rock of ages as as their main show Mm, interesting. I didn't realize it was kind of morphing into uh, rock, but now that you say that, it kind of sounds like uh, like it is. And I guess maybe it maybe it all that is to support the main stage show. Yeah, I mean, it seems so. And I think there are only two two nights showing of uh, four seatings for the Rock of Ages show. Okay. But that said, our like when we would come back to the room, basically we would put our daughter down and then one of us would go out and check out like a couple songs at poor house and then we change places. <laughs> That's about how, how our evenings went a lot of the time. I remember when this ship debuted and I believe it was 2013, it got a lot of pushback because there's the whole six, seven, eight concept and the casino was on seven and it would kind of, for lack of better words, pollute deck eight and six with smoke. Did you experience that on there? Thankfully, not very much. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely when you went through the casino, you would get the smoke, but it really didn't go up or down, which uh, we were kind of scared that that was going to be the case, but it really wasn't. That is very good to hear. Actually, we didn't talk about sea days yet. So how were the sea days as far as crowds and congestion? We only had two sea days and they were spread out. Basically, it was the second day and... um, the last day before pork it didn't feel that bad the second day and i think it's because a lot of people are just getting their bearings and maybe they partied a little too hard the first (laughs) night so um it wasn't awful the um the last day was pretty crowded i think everyone was trying to fit everything in Mm -hmm. and then of course there was a mad rush for the photos and a mad rush for um whatever deals that they had at trade wins and whatnot so on this seven-night cruise, you had four ports of call. You went to Honduras, Cozumel, Costa Maya, and Harvest Key, which is their private destination. So uh, I'll let you take over here. Tell me the port of call you went to and a highlight from each port. So the first port we went to was Roatan, and we have done this itinerary before, so we kind of knew what to expect. Um, one of the things that we were going to do, especially since we had our daughter, uh, was we couldn't do anything that adventurous, and, nor could we do anything that uh, party-oriented. So one of the things we wanted to do is basically get her passport stamped at every location, if we, if that was possible. So basically at Rotan, all we did was went out, took a lot of pictures, um, and got that passport stamped, which was really fun to do. Dante, before um, you move on there, uh, sorry to cut in, you get the passport stamped. What's the process if someone wants to get their passport stamped in a Caribbean port? What do they have to do? I'll have to say it's fairly sketchy. The place that everyone gets it done at Roatan is basically 
a Rotary Club booth. And it looks like it's probably just a souvenir stamp. That wasn't really made clear to us before we got it. But um, once we got it, it was like, okay, I don't know how legit this is, but that's fine. In the other ports, um, it's dependent on the port, basically. The easiest one is actually uh, the Belize one, because uh, since it's basically controlled by uh, NCL or however capacity that is, it's basically the immigration officer coming off the ship and then uh, staying at the information booth to uh, stamp the passports. Unfortunately, I guess he got on the ship and didn't want to get off, so we never got a stamp from police. Cool, man. Thank you for answering that question. Uh, So what about your next port of call? So the next port of call was uh, Harvest Key. Again, we were we were pretty stoked to go there because the one thing, um, side note with my daughter was since she was still in swim diapers, she's actually not allowed in the pools, which is, you know, good yet, you know, not that fun for her. So they do have splash pads, which she is allowed in on the ship. And we found out that she loves the water and she loves the splash pads. So there is a bigger scale splash pad on Harvest Key. And we were eager to get her on there. Unfortunately, it was a little too intense. It's more like a kid water park more than a splash pad. So we didn't get to stay there that long. That said, we were able to uh, get her to uh, have a dip in the Atlantic or I guess the Gulf for the first time which uh, we were all excited about and took a lot of pictures of. When you're on Harvest Key, are you allowed to use the drink package from the ship? No. So it seems that from what I understand, everything that is there is operated by locals of Belize and everything you have to basically pay for. The main bar there is the Land Shark Grill. That's at the... The drink menu is very similar to the Margaritaville menu because I guess they're somewhat affiliated. Um, I will have to say, though, we were very disappointed in the drinks that we got. Mm -hmm. I think we ended up paying like $35 for two drinks, um, and they were basically undrinkable. Also, just a standard beer is basically over $10. Because uh, it might say six, but once you add like the taxes and stuff, it goes up to ten pretty quickly. Jeez, that's a shame. But I, I guess you might expect that with Jimmy Buffett's name being on it. Exactly, yeah. and I gotta say that pool is awesome. Yeah. So um, we, we again, we couldn't do it with her, but that's a cool pool. The entire space is very well done. So I can't really say much, but I would say maybe skip the drinks mm-hmm. and just drink on board or something i don't know <laughs> fill up a turvis or a uh, a yeti cup and then walk off right i will not confirm or deny- no. <laughs> that's what i do yeah that's- uh, you have to almost because you're not going to pay those crazy prices no not when you have the drink package for and, free and again like uh the drink that we actually ended up getting first was it's called havanas and bananas and we we're we we're pretty stoked to get it because the only other place you could get it is margaritaville mm-hmm. and margaritaville has very limited hours on board so when we got it we we're like oh great this is going to be great and then we had it and was like this is not what it's supposed to be at all <laughs> what was your next port of call the next port was costa maya and again we've been there before and uh we just wanted to take a look and and walk around we unfortunately had an incident at this port my father was basically I guess, wearing too much clothing to like shield himself from the sun. Mm -hmm. 
and it got really hot that while we were out there, it seems that he suffered some heat stroke. It got pretty hairy there for a little bit. He was not feeling good. We ended up giving him some water, and my wife actually um, intercepted some paramedics who were actually going to another incident to come over. That was interesting, too, because the the paramedic that came to us uh, didn't really speak English, but we were communicating a little bit. And one of the first things they asked us is uh, what insurance we had. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm uh, in the medical field, so I knew there was something fairly bad happening, especially with his cardiac history. It was going to be something serious. When the second paramedic came around, um, she spoke English, and she was insisting that we go to a local hospital in Costa Maya. They were giving us that option. Well, more more than that, they were they were really insisting that we had to bring them over there. We basically had to sign off saying that we were going to deny uh, medical help from them. Basically, we got a security guard. There was a security guard there very quickly, and he was amazing and um, wheelchaired my father all the way back to the ship. And if, if you know that port, that pier is not short and it's not covered. That's a long pier. Yeah. So that port run basically ended up being more of a uh, sick bay run. Mm-hmm. And um, fortunately, um, they had uh, staff on. It, w- it was actually locked at first, um, the infirmary. And once we got in there, everyone was wonderful, totally wonderful. And um, they took care of my dad. And he was actually back up and running basically within like a half an hour um, and then basically they just kept them over to give them more fluids intravenously. Do they slap you with a bill for that visit on your folio? They did. And it was quite a bill too. <laughs> and as I may have mentioned um, before on uh, the previous review that we had, uh, we are kind of, I guess, frequent flyers to the infirmaries of these ships, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Had a couple of bad luck things like that last one. Uh, my wife broke her foot on the Royal Caribbean ship. So we've seen the inside of a lot of the sick days on these ships. And the one thing I could say, I could give a, a thumbs up review on, on how good the facilities are there and how good the care is. Is your dad okay now? He is. And he was he was basically fine within like half an hour. It was, it was really just dehydration and mm-hmm. uh, uh, too much sun. They released him that evening, and we actually made, I think, uh, that was our ocean blue reservation that we made. That was great. Also, uh, just to put it out there, this is the reason you get trip insurance, because that one visit, probably, I guess, maybe three-hour visit, was about $2,000. 2000 Yeah, $2,000. Wow. I mean, I knew that people have gotten a couple hundred to $500 bills before for an infection or slamming their finger in a door, but I've never heard of 2000 and I'm sure there are more stories like that and much more than 2000, but yeah. Um, Yeah. Thank God you had travel insurance. Yeah. I think once they got into like the, like interventions, like uh, Mm -hmm. putting an IV in and putting the bags in, that was it. But that said, like the last time we went in, for my wife's broken foot. They did quite a bit there, and it wasn't even close to that. Unfortunately, the first um, trip that we had on the escape, we had uh, basically one of our party had to spend a lot of time 
actually in the infirmary from being sick for for a lot of the crews, and it didn't even come close to two thousand. The pricing is like carte blanche. Then they can do what charge whatever they want to, pretty much because you're at their mercy. I'm just not surprised, just because I do work in yeah uh, medical, and I've I've seen these before, and it's like okay, that's. That's whatever that rate is. Um, so you make your way back to Miami. How was disembarkation? Disembarkation was a breeze. So one of the things that happened, and I'm not even sure I should even say this, was that one of the good parts of basically my daughter had a great time because everyone was very interested in, in like just meeting her. Mm-hmm. It was really funny to see that. I'm Filipino, so um, she's half Filipino. And um, a lot of the, I think a lot of the crew members who are Filipino were like missing their families uh-huh. and seeing uh, our daughter kind of like got them kind of happy. We actually met one of, one of the managers down just walking around and it just so happened as we were going to leave, as disembarkation was happening, everything was delayed about an hour from what, the call times were supposed to be for the callers mm-hmm. and we're like, okay. And then we looked at the line and it was basically, it, it snaked and winded the, the length of the ship. So we're like, we're going to, it's going to take a long time to get out of the, out of there. It just so happens. We saw that manager, she saw our daughter and we kind of got bumped into the VIP uh, disembarkation line. I should not say that. No, it's, <laughs> we, got, I mean, we got lucky, basically. Totally worth it, I think, if you're, you know, you have a little one and you have your father and you're trying to get off the ship and they know probably what happened earlier on in the cruise, by all means, go to the front True. of the line. That said, with the new, I guess, lack of uh, going through that customs line, we had, it was basically like two people looking at our passports on um, a table and scanning our passports. I mean, it was a breeze. We got a porter to help with our bags. We were out in probably less than 20 minutes as soon as we uh, stepped off the boat. Awesome. The ship, sorry. <laughs> yeah, a boat is what you get into when the ship is sinking, right? <laughs> exactly. I could probably write an entire book about uh, traveling with an infant at this point because we had to do so much research to do, do that. But I would have to say if you're traveling with a young one, Definitely do your research, figure out if you're going to bring a car seat. If you're not, what means you're going to get from the airport to the um, ship. Also, just realize you have, uh, even if you have a bigger room, there's not a lot of space once you put a lot of the um, necessities for a kid in there. Mm -hmm. We had way too much stuff and it still kind of wasn't enough for the week's travel, but that said, it was it was really fun. We had a great time. On the side note of that, uh, specific to the breakaway, look out for the um, specialty lunches. They do specialty lunches every once in a while at Moderno. So uh, we went to the Spanish. Uh, they they did Spanish food for lunch, which was um, free. It was included. And another day it was Indian for lunch. That said, also if you're gonna try to do a breakfast away from the garden cafe they do open up the margaritaville for breakfast for free as well as uh moderno and as much as possible i would suggest trying to eat on the waterfront when you can all three uh specialty times we did we ate on the waterfront and it was 
spectacular every time. Final thoughts of Norwegian Breakaway. It felt like an old, uh, welcome, comfortable ship to us since we knew the escape. More rock and roll than we thought it was going to be, which we liked. That was really what we were into. Not incredibly child-friendly, though they did have a guppies room, which she did play in a lot. But all together, we had a great time, and it was a wonderful itinerary. One quick question here in the guppies room. Did you or your wife have to be in there with her? Yes. Okay. I believe the Escape is the only one who, uh, of the only ship on the Norwegian line that provides care for uh, kids my daughter's age. Uh, the Guppies Room, basically, they lay out toys and uh, you just go in there and we could just play with whatever's there. And then they have uh, assorted programs throughout the day. We've been talking with Dante about his seven-night Western Caribbean cruise aboard Norwegian Breakaway out of Miami. Thanks for coming back on the show, bud. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much, Doug. All right, Dougie. Let's see what we got here, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer. You are still listening to this podcast, and can I ask you a favor? It'll take 30 seconds, I promise. Could you leave a review wherever you listen to this show from, whether it be iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play? I would really, really appreciate it. Thank you again, and we'll talk to you soon.